Could the Charlotte Hornets be in pursuit of an NBA veteran via the trade market? We'll talk about all of that with Nick Carboni today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen, where you can get us anywhere on your podcast feed, whether it be Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your pods, you can listen to us. That includes YouTube. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on WFNZ, wherever you uh, also can listen to 92.7 FM. You can also listen to it on the WFNZ app, 12 to 3, Wesson Walker. That's Doug Branson. Catch his work on everyhornetsboxscore.com. And that's Nick Carboni. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC back with us once again the weekly appearance from Nick how are you doing this week man I'm good it's uh, been a week full of uh, ACC championship prep no Panthers and uh, the Hornets got three days off in the middle of a regular Weird. season did, did the NBA feel bad and they were just like why don't you guys just take a little time it took I mean, pity that, yeah, I, yeah I, it almost seemed like it yeah Thank you, Adam Silver, for allowing us time to grieve, and then we can just move on and then try to figure out how to beat the Washington Wizards tonight. So tonight is the first game in a while that the Charlotte Hornets will play. But there is a report I know you came across um, that Skyler Callahan had of Sports Illustrated, Doug, discussing a certain NBA veteran that the Charlotte Hornets could pursue, and maybe that would be interesting based off what they could do this year and beyond. Who was that player? Yeah, I think so. Skylar Callahan of SI was uh, gathering up some of these reports from Sam Amico and then a report from John Gambadoro of Arizona Sports 98.7 FM Phoenix that Jay Crowder may be available or is available on the trade market, but more importantly, that the Charlotte Hornets have expressed interest in acquiring Jay Crowder. But they're not alone. Uh, they're joined by the Bucks, the Heat, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the team they play tonight, uh, the Wizards, the Timberwolves, and the New York Knicks. So a lot of teams interested. So uh, I don't know how interested the Charlotte Hornets have been, how many phone calls they've made. But according to this report, they are at least somewhat interested in bringing in Jay Crowder. Yeah. So the question is, does this make sense? And could it happen? Right. Those are the two questions you have for anybody that would be out there on the trade market. And I think it could happen for a lot of different reasons. If you wanted to trade picks or a pick or a certain player, I mean, PJ Washington is someone that has come up because PJ is always in trade rumors and PJ is someone that is going into a contract year. So, or it is a contract track year so we'll see exactly what will happen if the charlotte hornets want to pay him via restricted free agency i just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for to, for the hornets to go after jay crowder um a long time nba vet 32 years old we've seen him play on some contenders we saw him play for miami their nba final season we, we've seen him play for the Suns <clears throat> the last couple of years i know that milwaukee has always been a team very interested in jay crowder so if they decide to pull the trigger on that then you would think it would be the most beneficial for them just having a little more depth on that squad but I've I view Jay Crowder going to a contender as some type of depth piece I don't understand the benefit with the Charlotte Hornets pursuing him with any of the trade packages that I think would actually land Jay Crowder what about you Nick do you think that this makes sense for the Hornets yeah when you guys read the list of the teams I mean uh Knicks Warriors Nuggets Timberwolves heat like bucks these are teams as you mentioned that could use it's like the prototypical 
kind of veteran pickup piece that comes in, plays a role for a contending team. And why would it make sense for Jay Crowder either, who is kind of forcing the Suns' hand here? Mm. Uh, is he going to want to come to a Charlotte Hornets team that is six and fifteen with no Lamelo Ball right now and and really no way out? Yeah, he he wasn't happy with his usage in Phoenix. He would get a whole lot more usage here at the moment, uh, but you know, in the long run, why would he want to do that? And for the Hornets, I mean, I I know you know maybe of all these teams, you kind of have the arsenal. Of, of capital that would maybe be needed to get a Jay Crowder, but why would you do that right now uh, for the long term? And I, I just don't think it makes sense for either side, really. But no, flattered I, to be rumored, rumored <laughs> in, in the mix. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank nice. you. Yeah, yeah it, it's fantastic. Uh, Doug, will you make the case for the Hornets to go after Jay Crowder, or do you agree with us that it doesn't make much sense? I uh, know I won't make the case because it doesn't make any sense to bring in Jay Crowder. <laughs> Jay Crowder is, like Nick said, the quintessential piece you bring in for a contending team. And I think it's interesting, like, who has the leverage here in terms of where the picks are going back or forth. And, you know, I, I think if, they, if a contending team is super interested in Jay Crowder's services, he hasn't played a game all year, so we don't really know what Crowder has left in the tank. And, you know, offensively, he's not going to help you tremendously, and that's what the Hornets honestly need help with right now. They don't need a, a ton of help defensively uh, once they get some of these players back, I think. Uh, so, you know, that's that's where he would benefit the Hornets most is on the defensive end. And then you have to look at the contract situation. Jay Crowder, $10 million owed this year and then nothing else. And so, you know, you could do maybe a Kelly Oubre swap because uh, Kelly's not – excuse me. <clears throat> I'm joining Walker and Flynn. Now. Yeah, come aboard, buddy. Um, yeah, plenty of room. But so Kelly Oubre's not owed anything after this year. But it looks like the Suns are not interested in in a shooting guard. They're interested in a power forward, according to Brian Windhorst of ESPN. So then that goes back to P.J. Washington. But you'd have to add something else because P.J. is only making $6 million. So you'd have to tack on a few of these other young players. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense for me, you know, even though – Jay Crowder is a Swiss army knife, if you will, on the defensive end, somebody that would be a quote unquote Clifford guy. Will we? I don't I don't know. I don't know if you will, Doug. And so, Nick, you haven't been you, you weren't with us yesterday. We had Sam Purley on of Hornets.com and we were trying to figure out the whole Swiss army knife thing, whether it still should be used today. And then we put it to the listeners. They came up with a couple of things. Can you pull up the YouTube comments, Doug? I feel like we had some people write in their suggestion yeah. on what should overtake the Swiss army knife to discuss versatility. One, Nick, will ask you, do you even have a Swiss Army knife to this day? And if so, do you know do you where it is? One? When's the last? It, do you own one presently, number one? Two, I, when, I when is the... You do? No, I do not. You do not. Okay, when is the I'm last sorry. time you owned one? Have you ever owned one? Yeah, I'm sure I got one um, as a kid from, like, you know, a grandparent uh, who... That, right. that seems to come to mind, like, yeah, he's he's 12-year-old boy. Like, this is what we give him, you know, something with a You're a man driver. now. And scissors and put, a, put a knife in his hand <laughs> so that like, he can I whittle. I only think I would use, like, say, 20% of a Swiss Army knife. I mean, if there's some scissors and a bottle opener, but I have those two things, uh, you know, <laughs> right. in the kitchen. The one's over here and one's over there. So I, I don't see the need. And what is the Swiss Army, you know, what have they done? You know, that's my next question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, wow. To, yeah, what do I, yeah. What was the Swiss Army done in the I, last 100 years? Yeah. I, 
I'm a history buff. I, I don't remember. I can't recall anything. Are, are you disrespecting <laughs> the military version of cutlery? Is that what you're doing right now? An How many championships knife? does the Swiss Army have? Huh? How many rings uh, when, does the Swiss was, Army have? When I Answer was zero. When I was a kid, the scissors were pretty dope because you would fold it open and then the scissors would just blossom like a newborn flower. I thought that was kind of cool. And then you could <laughs> cut that. I really liked the scissors as part of the Swiss Army knife. Uh, what, what were some of the suggestions to replace the Swiss Army knife uh, analogy here, Doug, on our YouTube comment section? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the one that makes a lot of sense but wouldn't make for a great nickname is the cell phone. I mean, our, yeah, our iPhones, our Android phones, Pretty I good. mean, they do a ton of things, very versatile, uh, and but uh, it wouldn't make a great nickname. I think that's Old the trick Jaylen here. iPhone McDaniels. Right. The trick here is to find something that everyone would generally understand as a versatile item that is super useful that uh, would also make a good nickname. Uh, someone said the trusty hammer. Uh, I just like I like the those words together. The trusty hammer, right. yeah. the bagel sized toaster, uh, the duct tape. Air specific. It, it, yes. Nick, you Air stole fryer. mine. Yes, oh, yes, Nick. No, uh, someone else really texted good. me. Someone else texted me toaster oven, and yes, that was going to be my suggestion as well. I think the new nickname, instead of Swiss Army Knife, we should start calling these players that are extremely versatile, can do it all, the thing that does it all in the kitchen right now, the air fryer. My wow. goodness. Oh, I mean, Nick, great, great suggestion. Hey, I mean, no, you're a genius, no, Nick. No, no Nick, I was going to say that. <laughs> Nick Carboni with the awesome analogy of air fryer. This is unbelievable. No one else came up with it. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. That. I'm going to tweet it right no! now. No! Don't go to sleep on the Hornets. <laughs> yeah, yet. follow uh, Nick Carboni on Twitter at NickWCNC for his air fryer suggestion um, that he solely <laughs> came up with. It was really impressive. Why does also, everyone keep stealing things? from me also a big shout to eric collins for taking sky miles and being the first to think of that as well all right coming up next we're going to talk about what we learned this week despite there being a lot of rest days for the charlotte okay Hornets. he can have that one <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by betonline.net it's your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball soccer esports they've got it all on betonline.net if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and the easiest uh, way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, Nick makes more awesome analogies coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Well, I'll tell you one All thing right. Hornet, bees, I don't care. You're getting the can. Get away from me, buddy. Not bees, though. Save the bees, Doug. For the hornets, like, actually, I, I don't want a live hornet in my house. Honey bees? Bee, I'll cut through. Because, I, look, I won't do yeah, If you're a carpenter bee, if you're not, if you have no, if you're not a threat. Talk about, here we go. Here we go. Go back uh, to our conversation go. in a second The segment. carpenters. The, the carpenter bee has become such a low threat that I don't care about it anymore. When I'm walking by, uh, you know, a bumblebee, I'm not worried about a bumblebee. So I'm just going to ignore it. But you're talking a honeybee? Small? We'll sting you. We'll die to sting. They'll yes, die. They and will so literally kill themselves Come in order on. to sting you. That's how There's passionate they are. So they're getting a can. There's something here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. All right, I'm sorry. I needed to get a kitchen appliance in there to talk about the Swiss Army knife whole suggestion thing. I still feel like Air Fryer is a star and a Swiss Army knife is never the star, right? You're not going to you're not going to describe LeBron James as a Swiss Army knife even though he can also do it all. Air Fryer's awesome. What about the Magic Bullet? I feel like the Magic Bullet is pretty versatile too with some of the different things that can come from it, but it's small, it's not the star of the kitchen. I'm going to throw in Magic Bullet and see what the reaction is. Is that okay? You know, I think the magic bullet would be a great or a great one as well. I think we should go with that one. Yeah, like, okay. you know, that was my idea. Yeah, magic bullet for yeah, sure. Magic, magic bullet. bullet. Doug, Doug's, <laughs> Doug's aware he was going to come up with that first, but then I just stole it from him because I have it in the rundown on the Google Drive that we're speaking from. All right, what did we learn this week? Yeah, not a lot to go to as far as what we learned. We only had just the one game earlier where uh they got destroyed by the Boston Celtics 140 to 105 I don't know well what we can count we can count the Minnesota win as well because that okay. happened after Nick and I's episode so we can throw that one in there okay that's valuable we're, we're, all right we're gonna need that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>, perfect <laughs> fair enough I am not going to make our lives harder we could absolutely include Minnesota Nick as the guest we will allow you to go first what did you learn this week from Boston and Minnesota that counts too I learned that Kai Jones is earning the trust of Steve Clifford. He's playing more minutes. Obviously, in that Minnesota game, he played a lot more minutes than he had uh, in the three or four games, I think, leading up to it when he had when he was on the seven or eight line. Uh, we know all of the, the freaky, crazy, athletic things that Kai Jones can do. Um, I think it was – I don't remember what game it was after. It wasn't after that one that I asked Steve Clifford, you know, like kind of – what what's kind of going on with Kai getting more time and, and, and all that. And he mentioned it was kind of like on the Nick Richards track in his mind as a coach of Kai going in and not trying to do anything outside of himself, uh, doing, you know, what he's good at playing to his strengths, um, et cetera. So it's, it's been really fun to watch him. I mean, it is fun in general, but to watch him uh, gain more minutes, um, you know, you never know with, with, I guess the last two Hornets coaches, like where some of these young guys stand at any given moment. Uh, but it seems right now that Kai Jones is earning a little more trust. And, um, you know, I, I think we've learned that in the last week or so. And that's good to see um, on a team that, that struggled and, and, you know, was starting to lean towards the future. Yeah, we talked about Kai Jones maybe hustling a little too much and scaring us on this podcast where he was on the ground constantly, you know, diving for the loose basketballs. And then against Minnesota, actually had some productive minutes against Boston. Nobody was all yeah. that productive. Right. But against Minnesota, you saw him go for 28 minutes. That was yeah. more minutes than anybody except for four starters. Um, had nine points, had the one block, 12 rebounds, three of them offensive boards. Yeah, I mean, Kai Jones. It's really impressive to see him start to earn that trust from Steve Clifford. He's he's still very raw. I mean, 100%. You, you could just see it when he's out there and he's using that energy and athleticism to kind of get through a lot of this. But he's kind of the, the the edges are being roughed off a little bit, I think. And, and um, I, I think there's good things ahead for him. It still might take a while. I think he's still a project and a developmental piece. But it's good to see him actually – getting the chance to do that all right Doug yeah, what'd you yeah, learn yeah on the Kai Jones front I mean I, I think it's reasonable to assume that if the Hornets were healthier he probably doesn't get this opportunity and so in that way he's raw but the fact that he is even getting the opportunity 
and they're and they're playing him out of position. They're playing him alongside the the other center in the lineup. I think speaks to that he is raw, but he is trustworthy, right? He's not making like seriously tragic mistakes out there that make him unplayable. Unlike the other player that he was drafted with, James Booknight, who um, is really only playing in an emergency situation now. So yeah, I mean, I've been super impressed with Kai Jones. You know, I mean, I, I've learned a lot. Uh, Kelly Oubre has been amazing, and and I'm going to be super sad when he's sacrificed to the tank gods uh, at some point. Uh, I hope they hold on to Teo Maladone, who really, I think we overlooked um, how well he filled in for Teo Rozier because of the blowout. It wasn't Teo's fault. He came in and, and did a really good job, I thought. You know, he's not going to be like a player that comes in and fully replaces Terry Rozier at max Terry Rozier, but I thought he did a good job of generally managing that game, and, and so I really hope they find a place for Teo. Those are a couple of things I learned. Also, outside of the Hornets, uh, I think we learned that uh, Mark Williams is probably too good offensively to be playing in the G League. I pulled up his uh, G League stats for the past two games. Career and, high. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in one, he was 16 of 23 from the field at 70% for those who are counting, 37 points, 11 rebounds. And then in the game before that, he was 12 of 19 from the field, 63%, 26 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, so, you know, he's got some defensive issues to work out. And he's not shooting threes in the G League, which is interesting because that seems to be something that Steve Clifford always it, brings up. He's not it, letting them go. It's only interesting because of what Steve Clifford is saying. It is not interesting because of what we know his game to be. It is, it's, no, it, it's exactly what he should be doing. Yet Steve says he's going to have to shoot threes, which then in turn scares you because it's like this guy – hasn't shot threes and apparently never have we ever yeah. seen that yeah yeah so that that's how he sees the floor but uh, okay no I'll, he'll just get 36 points elsewhere outside Nick, are you ready points. to see but here's the question that i have and i think a lot of hornets fans i don't even know if they have a question this is more of a statement from hornets fans they're ready to see more mark williams they're ready to see less mason Plumley. they're ready to see more kai jones more nick richards and more mark williams do, do you think that's a fair sentiment from hornets fans you know, based on where the Hornets stand as an organization right now, record-wise. Is it fair that the team uh, fan base wants to see its first-round pick? Absolutely. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's uh, the guy that's seven foot one. Uh, yeah, absolutely, it's fair. And I just think the franchise didn't expect itself to be in this position right now, where Lamelo Ball has only played three games and they're well below five hundred and cruising towards. You know, tank territory, I guess, where's the the franchise see its its own tipping point? Uh, sometimes they're the last ones to kind of admit it. Um, and, and, and I'm not sure where, where, you know, I'm not sure exactly what that tipping point is either. But certainly, yeah, they want to see him. But, you know, Hornets fans are going to have to to understand that there's going to be a lot that comes with putting Mark Williams out there. And you kind of mentioned some of it right there, uh, right around the rim on both ends. You like what you probably see, uh, but it's kind of in, in the other areas, especially defensively at the same exact time where he might be a little bit of a, a liability, you know, Mason Plumley and even Nick Richards. I mean, these, these aren't all-stars. These aren't all NBA guys or even close, but you know, they're a little more sound on both ends of the floor than Mark Williams is going to be when he first steps out there. But at some point you've got to do it. I, I guess just to me, going back to my original comment is, where does this franchise see its tipping point? When is when is that for the team? All right, let's put it. Let's put a stop to it there. 
I have a couple things about what I learned, and I wanted to continue the Mark Williams conversation. So coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I, like Doug Branson, have something very similar to what I learned this week. Plus, I do have a leftover or reheatable take. You're going to decide about Mark Williams. I want to get to that in just a moment on the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, I'll get to the thing that I learned real quickly, and then I want to continue the Mark Williams conversation. I was going to go with Teo Maladon, too, and I realized that despite all of the backcourt injuries, and even with Dennis Smith Jr. being out, who we also didn't know was going to contribute this season at the beginning of the year, Teo Maladon allows you to tread water and feel pretty good about it. And you know, he's not going to go out there and give you double-digit scoring every single night. It was not a good shooting performance from Teo against the Boston Celtics. Again, everybody struggled. But I believe he had eight assists, uh, eight assists in that game against, you know, yeah, if you look at what Teo did in that one, it was he was a starter, which was pretty crazy. Played more minutes than everybody in that game against Boston. Did accumulate eight, eight assists. Did have three steals. Five turnovers, not great. But that that's something that I think is real valuable, too, because he does fit the timeline for the Charlotte Hornets going forward. You, you might have just picked up some type of reclamation project that would be synonymous with what you bring over in some kind of tank job, right? Like th- it, you just were able to get him off the scrap heap because Houston didn't want to pay the money in that trade that they had with the Oklahoma City Thunder when they were transitioning guys back and forth. So he's out there to be had. Charlotte takes him on a two-way deal immediately. And when we talk about the type of tanking, there are different ways, right? You know, you can just go after only picks or you can do the Brooklyn thing where you couldn't tank too much because you didn't have any of your first-round picks. They were all going to Boston in that KG, uh, Paul Pierce trade. But they were able to land a Karis LeVert, you know, get some of these later first round picks. They were able to land Jarrett Allen. They were able to land some of these other guys that you were able to turn around like a D'Angelo Russell. Teo, not a high draft pick, but a younger player. And you, you didn't tank, clearly, by getting Teo, he's a free agent. But I do think you can make that kind of comparison where, okay, you brought in a reclamation project. And he's really starting to blossom here with the Charlotte Hornets. So I, I really like what he's been able to do. And that's what I learned this week uh, about him being in a Charlotte Hornet uniform. Yeah. And I, and I think going along with that, the other thing we learned is that Terry Rozier at the point guard position is not working and will not work. I mean, the best <laughs> minutes from Terry in that game against Minnesota when they picked up that surprising win was when Terry and Teo were sharing the floor together. Now, it makes sense right now when you don't have LaMelo and DSJ, you know, that you need uh, Terry to step in and and play some more point guard minutes. Luckily, they haven't had to – it seemed like at the beginning of the season, before they knew what they had in Teo and DSJ, that – uh, Terry was going to be do, doing that even you know more so, but then they learned that they had something there. So, and, but then the injuries followed that. But Terry, the point guard position is not working. It's taking him out of a shooting rhythm. The lineups where Terry is the point guard in that starting lineup with Kelly Oubre, uh, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, and Mason Plumley. That is like seriously. I'm not even. This is not hyperbole. It is one of the bottom five lineups in the entire association. You, you know, when you look at like major minute starting lineups. So it's it's just not working. They desperately need some of this point guard depth back so that they can get scary Terry back in the lineup. Yeah, Terry Rogier, I thought he was doing a pretty good job making that transition at the beginning of the season and it's just not working right now for the Charlotte Hornets. Well, it overall. shouldn't work. That's that's not him that's not his game. 
Like it shouldn't, he shouldn't be in that position. And I think again, when DSJ comes back or Lamelo comes back, depending on who's closer at this point, you know, they they really have to find ways to to not give big minutes to Terry Rozier at the point guard position because I think there have been points this season where Steve Clifford has had the choice to either shake up the starting lineup and and bench somebody that it may be uncomfortable to bench like Kelly Oubre or Gordon Hayward. And he's opted to keep those players in the starting lineup at the expense of playing Terry at the point guard position. And I think it's hurt the team in in certain games this season. Okay. Let's go to Mark Williams and this leftover idea. So at WFNZ, I came up with a segment because I got, I got chastised for eating Thanksgiving leftovers on a Tuesday after Thanksgiving still like, I, people said that was way too long. What is is that too long to eat Thanksgiving leftovers the Tuesday after Thanksgiving? If they're in your fridge, I mean, and they're not expired, go for it. I was about I to say, slap a piece of apple pie in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm right. I'm right there. Great, fantastic. Um, maybe it's a little late now on the Friday afterwards, but Tuesday I thought I was still in the clear, so I kept going after it. Um, Anyways, so with these takes, right, I wanted to have one at the beginning of the season where we could either put it back in the fridge and still be good to go later on, or we have to throw it out. And I think a beginning of the season take was Mark Williams will contribute in the rotation as a Charlotte Hornet this season. Has not started, has not played a lot. In fact, he's played 12 minutes in the NBA so far. So not so much run for Mark Williams in the early going for the Charlotte Hornets. Nick, I'll ask you, that take, Mark Williams will contribute this year. Do we put it back in the fridge? Can we still eat it a little bit later on, or do we need to throw that take out? Oh, man. Yeah, that that is I, – I think you can still keep that take around because he might end up doing so based on where this is going right now, right? I was trying to, like, quick think of, like, some sort of leftover that is just something you can freeze for a while, right? And then, <laughs> yeah. You know – in February, be like, oh, like I forgot I had this still in the freezer. Like, uh, let's take this. I was really excited about this when I got it. Kind of forgot about it. Stashed it in here for a while. Uh, you know, wh- why not? Right. Throw throw it in the air fryer, <laughs> and then yeah. and then eat it. So yeah, I think he's kind. I, I think there's still a chance for that to happen. Just maybe not in the way that uh, you envisioned when yeah. you first first uttered the the, the take. I mean, I, I really did think that we we have a shot at Mark Williams playing more so. And part of that is Nick Richards playing so well at the beginning of the season, too. Doug, what say you? Do we need to throw that take out, or do you think that we can put it back in the fridge and save it for later? I'll argue that you can throw it out because I think that this organization seems to be committed to seasoning Mark Williams outside of the NBA rotation, similar to... Uh, what they did with with Nick Richards and Kai Jones and James Booknight. So, you know, there's a history of them doing this. Now, I think that certainly if if the season goes south and they move some pieces around, that he may be able to give you more minutes this season. He may have a role this season, but contribute. When you, when you say contribute, I think this player is coming in, getting minutes, and contributing to wins. And I don't see Mark Williams necessarily doing that this season. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, semi-confidently uh, that you can throw that in the trash bin or uh, the garbage disposal, however you see fit. 
the last thing I'll say about Mark Williams before we end today, it's you know, when you watch him play as well as he is in Greensboro, scoring all the points, scoring 36, hitting a half-court three-pointer at the buzzer, which was also a lot of fun at the beginning of the Greensboro Swarm season. You know, people are quick to say, okay, but remember, defensively, he was – you know, really out physical, uh, out physical, if you will. Right. And we know that Steve Clifford has used that as a buzzword, you know, using physicality constantly. And Mark Williams isn't there. I think that's more than fair to mention. But we also have only seen Mark Williams again. Like he, he's played 12 minutes. He, he logged not even a minute worth of, t- uh, worth of time, four and then seven. And they weren't meaningful. We saw Mark Williams improve a ton his second, his first year at Duke, and then a lot of second year as well. We saw him improve in summer league in just the five games that he played. We saw him improve in preseason. Every single brand of basketball we've seen Mark play, if you've given him even a tiny sample size, he's improved. It's just the sample size of 12 minutes, probably a little too small for Mark to show you he improved. Now, again, I don't expect him to go toe-to-toe with Joel Embiid because he just put all that muscle mass on, and now he's just a beast like Shaquille O'Neal. But when you're talking about Mark impacting the game, just being 7-1 and having a 9-9 standing reach, when you're talking about that touch offensively, being a lob threat, I would like to see Mark get some minutes and work that out for a 10-game stretch just to see where you are in the Mark Williams experiment. I, I, I would like to see that at some point this season. Well, so so two things there. Number one, in, in those two games that I pulled up from his last two games in the G League, uh, he he was scoring tremendously. But also, his assignment on the defensive end of the floor in both of those games had seven combined rebound uh, offensive rebounds over those two games. So I think there's still some work to do there on on the physicality piece, not only on the defensive end but also rebounding as well. The the second thing that I'll say is that Walker, I would be like totally on board with that take if uh, we hadn't seen Nick Richards come in without having seen him do anything in summer league, really, and and come in and be amazing. And Kai Jones, who also I thought struggled at times during summer league, and then we didn't see him at all. And then all of a sudden we see him again, and he looks so much better. If I hadn't seen those two things occur, I would be totally on board with your take. But I, I honestly, I feel like Steve Clifford what he sees when these players aren't playing, he has a pretty good gauge at this point of like, hey, this player actually is ready to get in there and contribute and do positive things. And and if he, if we're not seeing Mark Williams, I think it's probably because he's not seeing that right now. Yeah, and that's fair. Maybe at the end of the season, maybe a little bit later on, you know, Kai Jones, he's done it for a couple of games, you know, and also a small sample size. Can Kai Jones keep that going or is he going to make the game – you know, disaster. Kai Jones is turning into an air fryer. I'll say that right now. Kai Jones, <laughs> I mean, he can slow cook right now. He can, I mean, he can make some wings. He can make some fries. He can do it all right now. You can do it. You can do bacon. Bacon in the air fryer. Oh, oh I'm getting hungry. All right. There's Kai Jones analysis from one Doug Branson, but he, <laughs> but he straight up stole the analogy that our guest Nick Carboni came up with crazy. at the beginning of the show. I'm sorry. Next time he won't steal it, Nick. Uh, <laughs> We appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Thanks again for sharing what you learned. And everybody go check him out on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Nick, next week, man, we'll talk again. See you guys then. All right, sounds good. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Make your second listen. Check uh, what what you can make your second listen. I've been bad with the reads today. You can check out Lockdown Sports It's the flam. Blame it on the flam. 
play, I'm definitely blaming it on the phlegm. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great day. We'll be back with you on Monday. So have a great weekend. Too.